Hello and welcome to the podcast Where Did the Rabbit Go? In this weekly podcast, we celebrate curiosity, critical thinking, and evidence-based skepticism. I'm your host Marco, and this is show 44 for Thursday, November 26th, 2020. So today is Thanksgiving in the United States. It's a holiday I never really got to celebrate, but it's one where I really like the idea. A whole holiday that is about gratitude? Without any religious or superstitious strings attached? I surely like that. Unfortunately, this year, for many, it will be a different kind of Thanksgiving. The usual get-together with many friends or family members will not be possible. But the good news is that the first COVID vaccines are on the way. It looks like this is simply a bullet we all have to take. It is just the reasonable thing to do, to sacrifice this one holiday season in order to have more holiday seasons with everyone we love in the future. And honestly, this one time, we can also practice gratitude without the big family reunions. Or maybe gatherings can be virtually, kind of a Zooms giving. After last week's show, where you got an extra large version with an additional segment, this week it's only the diet version. This week is probably the craziest and busiest I had at work. But I did not want to skip a week with the podcast. So I am recycling a segment, kind of. Last year, before the rabbit times, I made my first podcast attempt in Spanish, called El Marco Aleman. And this was the main segment of the very first episode. I found it interesting, and I was just waiting for a time to use this topic. This week, we are looking at the way we speak. So let us go down this week's rabbit hole. As I said, this was the first ever main segment of my first podcast project. It all started with an observation, an experience that happened to me on a day at work. So it's time for a little personal anecdote. I'm a teacher at a bilingual school. I teach my classes in English, and that's the language I use with my students all the time. My plan is for them never even to hear me speak Spanish, which is their first language. But there are some teachers and staff who I speak Spanish to, especially the Spanish teachers. This is exactly what happened that day during recess. I was in a Spanish conversation with one of them and some students overheard it. Later they approached me and they said that it sounded really funny for them to hear me speak in Spanish. I had been achieving my goal so far. They had never even heard it. When I asked them why they thought it was funny, they referred to my accent, that I have a different way of pronouncing words. Of course, I questioned them. Me? What accent? Do I really have an accent? Well, of course, I am aware that I have a foreign accent, both when speaking English and Spanish. There is no denying it. But I noticed that in the moment of speaking these languages, which I'm fluent in, I do not notice the accent in myself. When I speak, to me it sounds perfectly accent-free in the moment. But when I hear others speak, I do notice their accent immediately. I can tell the difference between, for example, a Russian-speaking English and an Italian-speaking English. 
as well as native accents like the difference between British and Scottish accent. And there's more. Although I do not hear my own accent while I am actually speaking, if I record it, as I do with this podcast, and I listen to the recording, I immediately pick up my foreign accent. When I went down this train of thought, my first ever podcast segment was born. Why is this happening? The first thing that occurred to me was that this could be a version of the Dunning-Kruger effect, which I talked about extensively on Rabbit episode number 37. So here's just a quick summary. The Dunning-Kruger effect happens to all of us. It is a failure in evaluating our own skill or knowledge in a certain area. As it turns out, most of us overestimate themselves in most of the situations. For example, pretty much all of us think that we are very good car drivers, that we are at least above average, which raises the question, if that were true, where are all the bad drivers, the ones below average? I mean, half of all of us must be below average. And the effect is even stronger among those people who are at the extreme of the curve, which means, in other words, those who really don't have the skills overestimate themselves the most. If you want to hear more about it, go back to episode 37 from October 2020, where I took a deeper dive into the Dunning-Kruger rabbit hole. So at first I thought that me not noticing my own accent related to the Dunning-Kruger effect, because in a way, I'd be overestimating my own ability to speak foreign languages. But I also think that you do need to build a certain self-confidence if you want to become fluent in a foreign language. Otherwise, if you're always too afraid and shy, you will never really start speaking because you will always be afraid of committing mistakes. And as I mentioned, I do notice my own accent when I listen to a recording of myself. I do know that I have this accent, I just am focused on my fluency as I speak. This all means that the Dunning-Kruger effect cannot be a complete explanation of what is really going on. And that was when I found an article from the year 2014 in the Wired magazine. In that article, the author explains that our brains are hardwired in a certain way. Since we are born, we quickly get used to the sounds that make up our native language. We listen to them since the first days of our lives. And as soon as we are ready, we start to copy them. Already at the age of 10 months, babies can distinguish the sounds of their native language from the sounds that are not included in their language. This is before they even start speaking themselves. The article refers to the sounds of what we know as the letters L and R, but in the Japanese language, where those two are really the same phoneme, the same sound. Whereas us German, English or Spanish speakers grow up learning that these two are different sounds, a native Japanese speaker will only know one and only sound in this case. And, this is important, when this Japanese speaker learns, let's say English, he or she will produce the same sound for those two letters, although they might think they are pronouncing it correctly. The thing is that our brain is very selective and looks for the most efficient way to use its resources. In a way, our brain is going to override the one sound that we are producing, which comes from our native language, with the correct sound as we would hear it in the target language. And I think that this is just beautiful. 
you probably all know that the brain of a little child is still much more plastic, which means new pathways between neurons can still easily be created, which is when learning happens. A small child can still learn a language without an accent. As we get older and we start to learn a new language, we lose this ability little by little. Take me as an example. I started learning English at school when I was 10 years old. And I am fluent, but there is an accent that a native speaker will immediately notice. It just gives away that I am German. And I started speaking Spanish when I was 21 years old, so that's much later. And I am fluent in Spanish, but my accent is much stronger in Spanish than it is in English. I can tell, remember, I have heard recordings of it. Often we can see that grown-ups, often in their 40s, 50s, or even later, start learning a language, like English, but they have a very, very strong accent. But this should be respected. They are making a true effort, and they are really learning the language. I have learned this over the years. If a person speaks with a foreign accent, this means that person is fluent in at least two languages, which we should have respect for and not make fun of. The interesting thing is that this does not only apply to accents that are due to foreign language, but also to the different dialects within the same language. Different dialects may imply the use of different sounds, different pronunciations of the same word. Just take this one, the British English, a bottle of water, and American English, a bottle of water. Even after years living in England, an American will probably still pronounce the R the way they have learned, whereas the Britain in the United States will not pronounce it. The beauty of accents and dialects is that they help us identify with people, whether it's people from our own home country or from the same socioeconomic status, etc. When I arrived back to Germany on a vacation two years ago, it was really nice to hear German. But I did not really feel home until I arrived in my hometown, Siegen, and I was able to hear people speak the regional dialect that I grew up with. If you think about it, nobody of us speaks a standard variety of a language completely free from an accent. We all have these little quirks when we are speaking. Often we tend to speak the same way that our friends and family do. In some cases, haven't you experienced that it is so hard to tell people from the same family on the phone apart? Because they have so many similar speech patterns? Think about it. How do we learn our first language? It is by observing and listening and then copying. And we can only copy those sounds and patterns that we are surrounded with. So I thought that this is also related to empathy. Because unconsciously, we even adapt our speech patterns to the person we are currently talking to. We tend to copy them. Have you ever noticed that? Depending on who you're talking to, you are changing the way you speak. You even change your intonation a bit. The next time you're talking to different people, just focus on the way you speak yourself, on your own language. And notice how you are adapting to the other person. So this must be related to empathy. Which for me also raises the question, what about somebody with Asperger who struggles with having empathy? Will the same effect happen to them? 
that would be an easy and interesting follow-up rabbit hole. Let's recap for a moment. Isn't it fascinating how a casual conversation with some students in recess, just because they made a comment about my accent, could lead me down a rabbit hole like this? That's what happens when you take your time and really follow up on your own curiosity. I think we also have to teach our children this, that it is great to have questions, like mine in this case, why don't I notice my accent? And it's totally okay to say, I don't know, but we should not leave it there, let's follow up with, let us find out. We humans are creatures of habits and we are social. We are highly influenced by the people that surround us. And this is also true when it comes to the way we speak. We all have a regional accent in our native language. And we even have a very personal accent. And that personal accent can constantly adapt according to whom we are talking to and listening to. When speaking foreign languages, of course we also have an accent. And it's going to be stronger the later in life we start learning that foreign language. But here's the thing. We speak with an accent, but we don't think with an accent. If you get to the point where you are thinking in your second language, just as I am when I prepare this podcast, for example, then this little voice inside your head, which is your own voice, will speak that second language perfectly. And that is the voice that you are perceiving when you are in a fluent conversation in the target language. But when you hear other people, or a recording of yourself, you are not hearing that internal voice anymore. Now you will be getting an external input, and you will immediately notice the foreign accent. As a teacher, of course, this also makes me think, how strict should we be about pronunciation with our students? Of course we want them to sound as authentic as possible, but let's also keep in mind that there will always be some kind of accent. And the main point is, that they get to the point where they are fluent and can make themselves understood in the target language. So which one is more important? Vocabulary? Pronunciation? Grammar? I am getting to the conclusion that, of course, they all are important, but vocabulary should always come first. And of course, practice, practice, practice. Let us take a look at a few languages and very particular sounds in them, and what that means for the foreign accent in another language. A sound that is very particular in the English language is the TH sound, which can be voiced, like in there, clothes, although, or can be voiceless, as in thanks, bathtub, math. This sound does not exist in the German or Spanish language. At least it does not exist in Mexican Spanish. And of course, Spanish from Spain is different, right? Cinco cervezas. But I will be focusing on Mexican Spanish. So what will our Mexican and German friends do when they have to pronounce the TH sound in English? They will probably replace it with that sound that they perceive as closest in their own language system. For our German friend, that would be the S sound. So let's read the words again as a German beginner would pronounce them. Sehr, close, also, thanks, bathtub, mass. However, for the Mexican, it's more likely to replace the TH sound with a T. Der, clothes, although, 
thanks, bathtub, mat. Similarly, the rolled R will be replaced by a glottal sound in case of German, while the Spanish speakers will produce by vibrating their tongue. So, for example, the name Ralph, the German would say Ralph, and the Spanish will say Ralph by vibrating the tongue, which, by the way, is a sound that took me years to figure out when I was learning Spanish. <clears throat> Remember, although we are producing a different sound, as we speak, our brain overwrites it, and we tend to hear the correct sound, and therefore we will not notice our accent in the moment. Here's something from the German language, which has a few vowels that barely exist in other languages, which are called umlaut. Take, for example, the letter O with the two dots above. The sound of that vowel is Ö. So as a teacher, my advice for people to learn how to pronounce this is the following. Shape your lips to pronounce the vowel O, but try to say E, and the combination will more or less give you the Ö sound. Like in the German name for Austria, Österreich. The CH at the end of the same word combines to the sound sh, which I usually explain like this. Try to make the sh sound like in shopping, but try to smile while saying it. And if it helps, put a pencil between your teeth. The sound that will come out is sh. So the correct pronunciation of the German word for Austria is Österreich. But English speakers don't have the ö and sh sound. They will replace them with the closest thing they have. So the ö probably gets replaced with o. And the sh with a k sound. Because that's the pronunciation in some English words with the combination ch, like in chemistry. So instead of saying Österreich, they will say Osterreich. I think that accents and dialects, whether they be personal, regional, or foreign, make language learning both interesting but also difficult. I have experienced this many times, when I barely was able to defend myself in Spanish and have a conversation with Mexican people. I encountered someone from Argentina who would speak completely different, and I could not understand a word. The same happened to me in Texas when I was still used to the British English that I learned in my school days. It can be complicated. But all this variety also makes languages so interesting. And we do identify with people who speak like we do. And last but not least, across the world, lots of comedians work with different accents. Which brings me to my social media. On Instagram, I asked you fine rabbits if you have a regional accent which everybody confirmed. I also asked you whether you notice your own foreign accent when speaking a second language, which also all except for one person confirmed. But do you really? Because honestly, this was the whole point of my episode. I don't. And then I asked about your opinion about foreign accents. And your answers were that they are cool, that you like them, you think they're sweet. And finally, the last question... Coming to the comedians, what do you think about mocking accents or imitating them, like comedians do? I asked because these days people seem to get offended by everything, 
But your answers were that you don't really think it's offensive, that we shouldn't take it that hard, that it should be fun. Especially when comedians do it. And I agree. It should not be meant to be offensive. So let me close with this little anecdote. One of my teachers in middle school and high school is from Romania. There is a bilingual region where people speak Romanian and German, but they have a very particular accent when speaking German. So that's where she was from. Now this teacher was my homeroom teacher from 5th to 8th grade, and she was the teacher of one of my two majors in high school. So on the schoolyard, we students would often imitate her accent and especially restate some very particular phrases of hers, which honestly would be great material for bumper stickers and t-shirts. But it was never meant to be offensive. It's actually quite the opposite. We highly respected her. This teacher was my homeroom, my math and physics teacher for a total of eight years of my life. And today I am a physics teacher and I studied math. So it's needless to say what huge impact this teacher had on me. And I'm forever grateful for that. If we used her phrases and her accent, it was out of a position of respect. She was an amazing teacher because you could tell she really loved math and physics and she cared about us, her students. So we always had the highest respect for her. And I think the same should go for comedians when they impersonate somebody or when they are making an accent. It's only going to work if it is coming from a position of respect. It's the only way it will have quality. So my advice for you is, appreciate foreign accents. Wouldn't it be boring if we all spoke the same? Isn't it much more interesting when you uh, get to hear the occasional French accent? Or maybe an Italian speaking English? And of course you will also appreciate my German accent. And also appreciate the regional varieties within the same language. Yes, they can make it harder for a second language learner, but in order to really learn a language, we have to surround ourselves with the language as authentic as possible. I personally love watching movies and series in English. And of course, sometimes you will get somebody with a Scottish accent. Before you even know it, you get used to it. Please let me know. How do you feel about different accents? Are there accents that you really like a lot? Are there any that you dislike? Please drop me a note and let me know. For today, there will be no other segments, as I said. This is a crazily busy but exciting week for me. I will make up for the missing segment in the future. Dear Rabbits, this is all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for taking your time and listening. You can find my podcast on Instagram at where did the rabbit go. Over there, you can also participate in trivia games with me. And you can find me on TikTok as teacher underscore Marco. If you like the show and you want to support me, there are very easy and painless ways to do so. You can rate and review the show, which would make it easier for other people to find the podcast as well. And please subscribe to the show and share it with the people you think might enjoy it. Stay safe and stay curious. Until next Thursday, I'm Marco and this has been Where Did the Rabbit Go?